This is JJ and Alex. I made a name for myself. I told you I won't be denied. As you wrap up your day, it's time to get your fix of the teams you live for and the sports you love. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in. It's another edition of JJ and Alex, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen. JJ, it's Friday, brother. It is Friday. My heavens. The here weekend's we are. almost here. I hope that you've already gotten there. Look, it's one of those weekends. I mean, I don't want to tattle on the middle management around here. Uh oh. Be careful. But Lloyd's the only manager in the building. <laughs> well, hey, shout out to Lloyd for. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people want that four-day weekend, I think, is what's going on right no, now. Is that's that what you're like, no, it's like I had to meet with some clients. Hey, I have a lunch with some clients at 1P. I'll be uh, – there is not a soul here, dude. I'm telling you. There's not a soul here. Why are we here? <laughs> hey. Yeah, we'll be out. We'll be out Monday. So that's our uh, that's our little something, something. But, yeah, when there's a three-day – or when there's a three-day weekend, it becomes a four-day weekend. So – Congrats to all the middle and upper management here at Broadcast House. You've earned it. Or have you? Because <laughs> Lloyd's still here, like I said. All right. Uh, we got tons to get to. Have you heard of the Dorito theory? No. Jeremiah? Explain that to me. Should we get into the show here? Our program is brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. Before we get to the cut, I want to make sure people know the G2G Bar is legit. All right? So protein bar, meal replacement, Whatever it is for you, it works fantastic. So there you go. Costco, Holiday Oil, Maverick, all uh, in the refrigerated section. Associated Foods also, and popping up at Smith's and 7-Elevens even. So check it out. A G2G bar is likely right near you. So, Alex, let's, let's jump in here. Let's get to the cut, and let's start the show officially here. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I want to explain that I'm not talking like Carl Malone. Carl, Alex says, let's start the show. Hey, Alex, let's get the show going. We ha- Our producer filling in today for Jeremy is Alex. So it's, it's JJ, Alex, and Alex today. We got two Alexes today. That's fine. I'm okay with it. It gives Alex Curie uh, <laughs> an excuse to speak to himself in That's the third right. person, I which do. is Alex, a massive ego rub. Alex says, this is a dumb idea. And then I'll run. Because <laughs> losing suck. Carl uh, Malone speaking to the third person was uh, one of my favorite bits that Jimmy Kimmel did. Yeah. Carl <laughs> <Call> Malone <laughs> say, what the hell's going on with all them UFOs out there? <laughs> <laughs> And the Beanie Babies. <laughs> and the Beanie Babies. So I'm telling you, uh, there's a Dorito theory out here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up before the show starts totally because I want to get this jazz game. But I want to see if this applies to us in sports. The Doritos theory, I saw, I, I, was, I was listening to some, uh, this is how, it, this is TikTok philosophy, by the way. I took a philosophy class in college. It was one of the only C's I got in college. You got to see it was, philosophy. It was freaking hard, dude. Alex. Yeah, you had to read like Immanuel Kant, and you had to like Alex. I'm de- look a C. It was hard. I was oh. seriously like it was. It was all sorts of. I mean, philosophy. This, this was lady. Hard. Now this is in Washington. This is University of Washington. The lady took a lot of pride in being like, you thought you were taking this philosophy class is going to be easy, and it was not. 
I mean, I'm you. Ha- you had to like differentiate between the because that's all they talked about in Greece and in Rome, like all the the early thinkers, the weirdest philosophy stuff. And you had to. And I'm telling you, those tests can get hard. But the Doritos, the Doritos effect of the Doritos theory is basically TikTok philosophy, and that is the idea that something is addictive because it actually has no lasting effect, right? Which is not necessarily like a, a, an insane matter of thinking, but here's what here's how it goes. The way that this lady described it was she goes, first of all, she said Doritos, and then she said potato chips. And I was like, that, she's like, the Dorito theory goes like this. When you have a potato chip, and I was like, hold on. <laughs> You've already lost me, lady, because Doritos are not potato chips. <laughs> They're decidedly corn chips. Tortilla chips. <laughs> I get it. They're tortilla chips with some kind of orange substance rubbed all over them yeah they taste really good which we assume is crack which i think that they've broken down in science that they're like the mix of those flavors is like the peak of where your brain is like we got to get more of that yeah it's like our survival instinct whatever animal tasted like a dorito back in the day our <laughs> brains just kept it going <laughs> what, so what animal no was none that? no none uh but <laughs> did they yeah. used to smother their the animals in high fructose corn syrup? yes <laughs> the idea was they only so the the, the doritos theory is you eat these things, and you only like it in that moment, in that exact time that you first taste it. Makes sense. Same as Oreos, right? Right. Or Cheetos or any, well, any well, of those certainly, products. Certainly, like, if you don't, like, I'm doing the kind of the no sugar thing right now. If I have those things, my stomach is way upset. Yeah. Because I'm not used to bad stuff currently. Uh, and so my stomach's like, what's going on here? We're uh, Abort. A bailout. I thought we were done with this, Alex. <laughs> right. So I thought, you know what? This is perfect. This is a perfect analogy. For Jeremiah Jensen's Denver Broncos. That's why you're addicted to the Broncos, because there's this feeling in the offseason, like they're going to do well, and then there's no lasting satisfaction. There's no lasting happiness with the Broncos, but you keep going back into the bag every season when it starts. Anyway, what I was saying was that the Dorito theory is also the Denver Broncos theory, which is what I assume that all of you people go through. Well, I mean, you could be the <laughs> Buffalo Bills and – that's never true. win a Super Bowl with the Minnesota Vikings and never right. win a Super Bowl. Uh, every sure. year you got a chance. Again. At least the, at least the Broncos had some substance right. you, to their – You tell yourself, I'll only have one Super I Bowl. I think there's <laughs> – it's like fandom overall, right? Yes. Unless your team's winning all the time. Every, I, it was exactly And then you I just thought. become obnoxious and arrogant. Yes. So it had nothing to do with it – has, it, it just has to do with bad habits overall. But, th- but I – Instant gratification. Yes. And exactly I think, what I think that about. in the world of sports, the anticipation is even worse than the actual, I mean, is, is awesome. The anticipation of the thing ends up being so much more ridiculously overblown. Like, that's, so, why, that's why we are, we ha- hope springs eternal. Uh, as soon as the season is over, then you go, next year's our year. Even if you have no, how many people beat the heck out of us? Because they're like, BYU's not going to win fewer than eight games after we said they'd go five and seven or six and six. So, But BYU fans, they're not having Doritos. They're enjoying a steak dinner right now. Yeah, that's true. They're going to the tournament. They're going to be a five seed. Oh, and like, yeah. We all thought they were going to win five games, and they're going to be a five seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you're right. That's a steak dinner. Yes. Lasting, lasting satisfaction. Your analogy leads us right into the jazz right now yes because many of us who follow the jazz or you're if you're listening right now you're a huge fan of the jazz you kind of want doritos right now when it comes to the jazz (laughs) you want instant gratification you want to win now 
But that's if, you, if for the Jazz to make moves or to do things that allow them to win now as much as they're capable of winning now would be to the detriment of the overall long-term health of the franchise. The six-game winning streak was finishing that a was bag Doritos. of Doritos that, in one sitting. That was Doritos and a whole sleeve of Oreos right. and milk at <laughs> right. 1 a.m. Where you go, I love this, and then the I next day, this. and the next day we're coming in there going, I guess we had a different. I guess we underestimated this team. But then They're you look at the Western Conference semifinal, and the Bucks didn't have Damian Lillard, right? And then they look at more ingredients. Sixers don't have Joel Embiid. See where, yeah, you see where we're going with this. Yes. The, the, the wins that they had were just all high fructose corn syrup. So what I love about last night was doing the pre-half and post-game with with Tim Lacombe is a – I only get to do that a handful of times a year, two or three or four times a year, right? And when I sit down and the breakdown that you get from – first of all, we have Caitlin Clark on one TV in the, in the studio. We have the Jazz in the middle, right? And then we have – we had uh, all, sorts of, all sorts of basketball games that Tim – may or may not have had, uh, you know, extra interest in because he's like, look at it. Like, we're watching Stanford-Washington. That's bad basketball. We had to wait for... Who would you rather watch? <laughs> Pac-12 men's hoops right now or Caitlin Clark yeah. every night? No, I, I'm, no I'm, question. Especially last night. Choice. Especially last night because she was on the, you know, she was on the verge of, of breaking that record. And, and I don't care if you go, I don't like women's basketball. No, get out of here. It doesn't matter because you have to respect the fact that she made a... Uh, it wasn't quite a half court shot. It was, it was a logo it shot. It was a logo to shot. Break the record. I was like, because when I watched it back again, I go, because when I, I looked up and I thought, Did she, was she break it? Was she, was it a buzzer beater at the end of the first quarter? No, no, this is just regular, like a regular shot. Yeah. And she made it and I went, well, of course. And then she go, but it's not just getting the eight points in the first four and a half seconds of the game or whatever it was for to break the record. It was also the 49 points by the end where you went. This is this is special. We're watching something similar. I had to explain to Alex before the, the show who Jimmer Fredette was and and uh, and how <laughs> he's, he's a young man and how we're getting old and that's how what that how big of a deal it was in that moment. And Caitlin Clark and the run she's on, I dare say, is getting even more attention than what Jimmer got. And it's an it's that type of singular performances in college basketball. But last night we're watching these games, and DJ also comes in. David James rolls in, and to watch a basketball game with Tim Lacombe and, and DJ, it's all the stuff that I yell out at the TV. One of the three of us would have yelled, we're yelling out at any point while we're watching this thing, of some of the bad defense. But it's just so fun to watch these guys break it down while it's happening. But by the end of the game. And again, because I, I got to sit down and do the the post game and break it all down, there were a lot of things that I was like, I this team has is not, I'm not happy at all with how things are going right now, except for Keontae George in the first half has what thirty or he had, tw- he had eighteen at the half, yeah. ends up with thirty three, his three point shooting I know it's a shock he wasn't he was seven for ten in the first half, <laughs> and then he ends up you know cooling off with the three pointer and so. Uh, Coach Hardy's like, hey, knock it off for a minute. <laughs> but then he starts taking it to the hoop. He starts creating. There were three or four possessions in a row. Fifty percent from the field. He was eleven the, of twenty-two. You remember it was the it was the it wasn't quite the very beginning of the fourth uh, of the fourth quarter. No, it was. It was kind of the beginning of the fourth quarter. Three or four possessions in a row that he's just like, I'm taking this. Shoots a, a mid range jumper, gets it. Goes to the hoop and gets it. Goes to the hoop again. And then you felt like now the Warriors are going down and hitting twos and threes themselves, but. I haven't watched a more entertaining basketball game in quite some time. And this group 
hasn't had an entertaining basketball game really at all until last night and really until the fourth quarter. Yeah. And so I walked away thinking that this is not a world beater basketball team. It never will be. But there are pieces to this. Keontae George, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Lowry Markinen when he woke up a little bit in the second half. It was a weird night where Steph and Lowry, the two stars on both teams, were not really existent for for quite some. And Clay Thompson turning back the clock. All star Clay Thompson showed up last night, which is crazy. What do you think he told Steve Kerr on the plane? <laughs> Put me back in the starting lineup. Or did he go bleep? <laughs> bleep. Uh, or do you think he goes, uh, Coach? I just went off for thirty five points. I still got it. Look, those guys are looked at as kind of ultimate competitors and ultimate teammates. But do you think Clay Thompson? All for, do you think for yes? And do you think for one second Clay Thompson is going to go? You know, I think the six-man role might work for us. Not a, not a chance. <laughs> At $48 million or whatever? Not $43 million this year? Not I don't chance. think so. In the end, though, I really loved the effort wasn't there at all on defense pretty much the whole game. The Jazz were embarrassed. They weren't switching right. They were doing a bunch of stuff. They were doing a bunch of stuff that, that by the way, the veterans were struggling on. THT came out of the game exactly when he should have, although I would say he probably shouldn't have even gone in the game. He was that bad from the get-go. Yeah. And part of it is is not getting back on defense. Part of it is is just like he he went down on the floor and then just laid there and then jogs back to play defense. And and I'm going, that's that's not the stuff that Will Hardy preaches. That's why you don't get minutes with Will Hardy's That's gonna get you out of the league. I mean, that You're not you're not a superstar player. You can't do that stuff. You can't get away with that because there's just too many great players in the league. You'll get exposed. You'll get a reputation. You'll be out of league. And he's got to understand that as a young player still, like that kind of stuff, you got to fix. I want people to understand, though, Kelly Olenek didn't, wouldn't solve any of the defensive issues that, that uh, the Jazz no, are having. Th- they right. were bad someone... defensively when he was here. Right. So Same when people Simone. go, right. If people were like, oh, those two guys would have taken us to, to 40, 40 and, uh, 41 and 41. <laughs> what would he do? Right. And so. A loss like last night, I walked away going into the – it could have been a lot worse. They had fallen apart in fourth quarters previously. Yeah. And they figured something out. I don't think they've turned a corner necessarily, but I do think that there is a moment. And I think part of it is, is the way you saw John Collins react when he threw that ball into the into the 19th row. Fireball. He called it a fireball in the postgame. And I don't I, – I wonder if – because the emotion that he had right there – and Colin Sexton walking over and trying to lift him up in that moment, yeah. I thought that's stuff that hadn't happened in the previous three games. That's right? good to see. It that was good. awesome. So that for These me was – These guys are together. They're playing for each other. Yes. They like each other. Like, don't don't confuse that. They're, they're trying their best as a group to win and compete. Uh, they just don't have enough ammo. They just can't – like, even a team like the Warriors, who's going to be 10th or 9th in the West standings. But the Warriors, have, they've won multiple championships – they know how to win. Like, this is what you're up against is where the Jazz are currently. And Andrew Alex, Wiggins is playing way better basketball than he did last year. Like, there's all sorts of right. things that you go, man. Pajemski's been a great rookie for them. Oh, my gosh. Great pick. Isn't it funny how many of those mid-first-round picks this past draft? It's great. When we, there was so much hype about the top, and for good reason. But you've had such a deep draft of guys picked 16th, 18th, 20th that are, that are having a huge impact in the league. It's good to see. Uh, in the last week since the trade deadline, I've been trying to process. Because when when reality sets in, it can be hard sometimes as a fan. I know I understand that I'm a been a fan as well, obviously. 
uh, of various teams and the the realization that your team's not good enough can be really tough to mm-hmm. take in and digest and if you're a jazz fan even the you know even the most pessimistic of fans had to feel like okay they're doing some good things maybe they can get to the plane or something like that and then you realize that they're really not there yet they're just not good enough yet and I totally understand what the team did at the trade deadline it was the right move I I don't criticize it at all but the team took a step back last week and you have to recalibrate what your expectations are as a fan of this team that you live and die by that you love so much you can't wait to get home from work and watch or go to the games or whatever it might be you have to recalibrate what is joy in the situation. Yeah. Otherwise, you can get consumed with frustration and anger and rage that the team's not as good as you want, and you can stop loving the team. You can stop loving basketball. Nobody wants that. So you got to find joy in a time right now where things aren't exactly how you'd want them, when you feel like the team is contending or they're a winner that you want to see. You want your team to win. You want to be successful. Ultimately, down the road, you want this team to win a championship. So what you have to do is recalibrate your expectations and find joy in moments. And you know what? If you're a Jazz fan, find joy in moments last night. Even though the team did not play well defensively, even though they had multiple opportunities to win that game and didn't, were you not entertained? <laughs> Was that not fun last night? Yeah. And the joy and the excitement you had of the Jazz coming back and not giving up, that should give you some some joy that this team – even though it's a very flawed roster, is fighting like crazy out mm. there and, and didn't didn't uh, they they could have just quit. It was All Star break. They're not playing for anything like the Warriors are. They could have quit. They didn't. They fought to the very end. That team grinded that game out to the very end. They just didn't have enough at the end to make those plays to get those shots to fall. But this team is playing really hard. And then you combine that with the joy of watching a special young man like Keontae George perform the way he did last night, a breakout game for him, a game where he shows you what he's capable of as an NBA player. 33 points, 9 of 16 from 3, 11 of 22 from the field, and he also had six assists. You have hope because you have someone like Keontae George that the team has drafted during this painful time of a rebuild. There there were moments of joy last night that as a fan, I hope you grasp and, and take on so that you don't get bogged down in the malaise and the lack of patience that comes with knowing your team is far away from being where they where you want them to be. So it's like, uh, what's the Walmart brand of Doritos? Great value. Great value. You're, yeah. Thank you. Great you're value. Welcome, Walmart. Great value seasoned corn chips. That's what we got last night in the fourth quarter. Supposed to be just okay. We're supposed to be, hey, that's exciting right there in that fourth quarter only. A type well, of how about this? You shouldn't be eating the the Doritos the right oh, now. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. There you go. You want something more substantive. Just find the better things to eat here. Right. Like a Does that make sense? It's a J-Dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. See? Well, because it's got vegetables on it. Like ketchup and I mustard. Sauerkraut on it. That's <laughs> yeah, good for the go. gut biome. Oh, yeah. So I just I totally I totally made. I was told to get more fermented foods into my system. If you eat the fermented foods, it's great for your gut health. So a J-Dog with. Copious amounts of. Uh, and then you put your vegetable on. You put the. Pickle. Jalapeno. Yeah. All over it. The pickle, also a fermented mm. food. Good for your gut biome. Yep. There you go. How about it? All right. I love J-Dogs. I Shout out J-Dogs. They don't pay. They're not uh, no, a no, sponsor no. here, but, man, I love it. A good J-Dog. Oof. So they were. So Jason Edwards, who's, who's J of J-Dogs, yes. they fired up 
they, they it was it was a product of when I was actually at school there. That's that crazy. That little tiny shack, yeah, just south of campus there, uh, was underway. And I used to get a rated R dog on the way home on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> it used to have a rating system on it. The rated R dog had all the stuff on it. Yeah. I don't know how long they kept that, but they should have stayed with the uh, rating system. All the system. stuff you're not supposed to consume. Right. Exactly. I get it. It's a Friday. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got tons of fun planned today. That was our that was our charge today, JJ, right? we got to just have, gotta have some fun. Got to cut fun. it loose. I don't, want, I don't want to have any stress on a Friday. It's been a weird week. News-wise, uh, some of it hasn't been great news, so I w- just want to have some fun here on this uh, on this Friday edition of JJ and Alex. More to go around the corner. We've got all sorts of things to still talk about today. We have uh, guests at 4 o'clock. we got Matt Biamonte coming up. Uh, we also are going to talk NFL mock drafts in the 5 o'clock hour uh, from Athlon Sports. He's going to join us. Luke Easterling has joined us before. He's going to join us today. And we're going to talk about that post-Super Bowl mock draft and what it looks like. Because all those players from BYU and Utah getting the invite to the Combine, we'll talk about their chances also in the draft. So stay with us. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Accessing. When TV and radio collide. Love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that guy. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back, everybody. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's JJ and Alex on a Friday. Lots of uh, highlights. On the uh, national talking head shows about Clay Thompson last night, and that uh, you know what I love too is that Locke had a had a just this, that crazy call last night where he was like, "Clay Thompson going vintage," you know, like, yeah. and and I thought he understands the game. He loves the he he loves the game so much, and he knows what a guy like watching a guy like Clay Thompson, even if he's you know, toward the end of his, or at least kind of getting to the point where he has to at least face the fact that he's not that guy anymore that he used to be. Pretty, oh, we've got, oh, Alex has got it for us. Let's take a listen to the moment that Clay Thompson just kept stabbing the Jazz right in the heart. Clay Thompson, three. Oh, my goodness. Clay Thompson's going vintage. In one of the single greatest three point shooting nights in the league. Steph Curry's not a part of it. Steph, we have 38 threes, and Steph Curry has one of them. This is incredible. Like, you just get the idea. Like You were watching something different last night, which is, again, that was something fun to just be a little bit a part of doing the pre-half and post-game show. Like, oh, my goodness, we have some crazy stuff to talk about. The Jazz are 0-4 since the trade deadline. But I know comparison is the thief of joy, but if you're bad – Comparing and finding other bad teams is also kind of a little bit of a <laughs> that kind of comparison kind of goes, oh, you know what? Maybe they're not so bad. Yeah. The Bucks are three and seven under Doc Rivers. Wow. Hey, you're the best team in the East, I thought. I'm telling you in the break, like the Bucks have done so many things right in the last several years to become an NBA champion. And suddenly all it looks like they've lost their way and are making moves that don't make any sense. And it's like, tough. Go, like emotional or uh, like impulsive decisions. 
right? Right. And then on the like to see they were showing some high or low lights when they lost to the Grizzlies last night, right? The Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. I think they were at home too, right? They, it was yes. it was in Milwaukee. So <laughs> they go they show the bench of those two guys and they're both thousand yard stare. And it's Damian Lillard. Sorry, it was in Memphis. My bad. Oh, okay. okay. It, but it was it was Giannis and Damian Lillard sitting next to each other on the bench, just kind of staring. And I'm going, if you can't tap into these two guys, especially Giannis, who's in the prime of his career, if you can't tap into that, then you're like Doc Rivers, you are a massive problem. Like you if you can't figure some of that stuff out. And they fired their coach after, or sorry, excuse me, they shifted him into the front office after they went 47 and, what, 17 or whatever it was? Yeah. And now they're 3-7 and seven since Doc Rivers has taken over. A 30%, it's good in baseball, 30% win percentage. <laughs> it's good It's good when you're trying to hit 95-mile-per-hour <laughs> fastballs. It's not good. Not when you're one of the best teams in the league. No. And you know what? You talk about a you talk about a uh, city that's going to be pissed going into the All Star break. Oof. The Milwaukee's got all sorts. You think the call in shows on those sports talk radio shows are going well today? Don't think so. We love way too early polls. We've got one here for you. Don't miss your chance to win. By the way, every week right here on DKSL Sports Zone, every Wednesday we have our win ticket Wednesdays, and Fridays today is when we get to roll out what that uh, set of tickets is going to be. You ready for this one? Pair of tickets to the Doobie Brothers. Oh, strike it up. Let's go. Got some Michael McDonald. We got, we have to. I, I totally forgot Double to tell. <laughs> I totally forgot to make Alex give us some Yacht do we, Rock. Do we have any Doobie Brother? We, I'm get, sure we, we missed do. the boat. I know. We missed the yacht. because I didn't know that. <laughs> we missed the soft rock yacht. Uh, I just, I wasn't anticipating Dang handing it. out some Doobie Brothers. We had Brothers an opportunity tickets. to play some Yacht Rock on JJ and Alex, and we yeah. totally blew it. I will say, Lloyd's probably like, Thank heavens. <laughs> well, everybody listening They're right not, now probably thinks there's only two people that want to hear Yacht Rock right now. It's me and you. I guess you, you need to make up for it. Go ahead. Go. I don't even know what he says. <laughs> Those are all fake words. Uh, Yamo be there. That's a real uh, song. I didn't know for a long. I thought Yamo was a vegetable. A Yamo? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Yamo be there. We need a translator. It does sound like some would be like, know. like an old uh, red, like you must be a redneck kind of a, kind of a situation. Yamo, Yamo, be there with my cousin. Bottom line is Doobie Brothers tickets on Wednesday. Okay, we're doing Doobie Brothers tickets. That's for August thirtieth at the Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater. We are we are two middle aged men who are way too excited about the Doobie Brothers coming. You to know Salt what? Lake. Just did some quick research and. I'm going to blow your mind. Yamo is a vegetable? Yamo be there. Okay, what does that mean? You're absolutely right to ask me. Yamo be there? Yeah, what does I'm that be, mean? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Okay, we're going to get a little spiritual here. Oh, Are you ready for here this? Comes, is a Yamo like a... The actual, the actual spelling of the song title is Y-A-H mo be there. Ah. Yah is a shortened version of Yahweh, which okay. means God in Hebrew. So the literal oh, meaning of the song is God will be there. This is not Yamo hey, Be There, but crank not, that up. This is the song that everybody knows. Crank though. up the Yacht Rock. So what a fool believes? All 
I don't even know what Michael McDonald's saying at that point. Don't care. I'm lost in his voice, all right? It's fine. There you go. To find the lyrics to that song and to find out what's actually being discussed. Hey, Alex, remind us at the end of the show to apologize for that moment. Okay? Not right now, because I'm still in it. I feel good about it. But I'm not sure we're going to have to... <laughs> JJ went full it's Friday. Let's just JJ, listen to let's just listen to Doobie Brothers. JJ went full talking about God, man. Talking I'm sorry, about man, religion. You asked. You want to know what, what does Yamo be there mean? I gave you an answer. I, I love it. Now love you it. know. I, it's I know. not just some like people say silly is it, thing. Isn't it, JJ the, the more spiritual of you too? You, you, you know, every you. time you like when you said, "Hey, Alex, remind me," I feel like you're going third person. I know. Every time. I told you. <laughs> I hear it. I'm like, I told you. Why is he I going go, third person? If I refer to Alex, it's not me going full Carl Malone. Don't misunderstand. Alex is producing for us today. Hey, Alex. It's like I call. I I have Siri called Alex now. Hey, uh, Alex, remind me to apologize at the end of the show. There we go. All right, we've got some uh, way too early Big 12 predictions. This comes straight from Vegas. This is not just your simple media people put together their way too early Big 12 poll. Right. This isn't this isn't uh, Matt Biamonte or Sly us asking those guys. Give me what your thoughts are on Utah. Yeah, probably 11 and a half, you know, on the win total. I put the half there just to make it interesting because I really think it's going to be 12, says Sly. <laughs> Although I will say to Matt Biamonte's credit, and he'll join us at the top of the hour, he, I think he put them he's at a, five he's and seven. He's a pessimistic BYU fan. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. I mean, we haven't seen that out of him. So here it is. Here are the teams. I'll go through, and I'll kind of uh, uh, start at the top or the bottom. I'm going to start at the bottom. Okay. There are three teams tied at four and a half wins projected. Now wait, the four and a half is that total or is that in, that's not in conference, is it? No, it can't be. No, because that's total. That's win total. That's, that's over under. On that's totals. the over under for win yes. totals in 2024. Because if you set the the over under at four and a half for Houston in conference play, I'd be like, well, that's pretty good. No, this is this is this overall wins and losses. Houston four and a half. Arizona State four and a half. Wait, 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 wait. BYU. Four and a half. I was going to say you skipped a team. Well, they have it in that order, but I was. I was You're trying being to, kind. You read the you read the Cougars last. I was trying. I was trying to. I was trying to like that was some. Uh, I was trying to create some suspense there. The teams at four and a half over under are Arizona State, BYU, and Houston. Arizona State and Houston are currently disasters of programs. Right? Have been, yeah. They're, Houston's got a new coach. Arizona State went through what they did last year. Dillingham's with the, trying the to figure it out. new coach is great. I think he's going to get there. But I think so, too. They are rebuilding that program that was devastated by the Herm Edwards era. BYU is at the is tied for dead last on the win totals, according mm. to Vegas. Mm. Above them with one with five and a half is Colorado, Cincinnati, Baylor. Which I kind of would have put BYU in that tier, but... Vegas doesn't feel as optimistic about it. West Virginia is your only six and a half. TCU, Oklahoma State, Iowa State are all seven and a half projected, which I thought that was low for Oklahoma State since we kind of had them at the top That was the one that really surprised me was Oklahoma State because I feel like they're going to be, I think they're probably the second or third. They got the best running back in the country. Right. I know their quarterback isn't dynamic, but uh, when you have the best running back in the country, and he's going to be the preseason player of the year, you're probably a top three or four team, you'd think. Here are the ones that I'm confused about being above both Iowa State and Oklahoma State in this is 
So Kansas, I get at eight and a half. I do. I don't get Texas Tech at eight and a half. Is their strength? Is their out of conference just totally weak? Must be. We keep everyone keeps waiting for Texas Tech to. Joey emerge. McGuire gets he gets a a total boost from everybody. And I don't know why. Texas Tech. When we were at Big Twelve Media Day last summer, Texas Tech was the 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 wild card, the the dark horse right. to win the conference. And you're looking back, and I was like, "What did everybody see in Brett, that what team?" Did Brett, Brett Murphy put him in the conference he championship. Did, he, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech, Kansas, and Arizona State all eight and a half. No, and Central Florida, by the way, which I thought was high. That is the one that really blew me away. Vegas likes Central, sorry, UCF a Uh-oh. lot. <laughs> hey, Alex. Anytime we say Central put, Florida, you have to gotta bleep put it. UCF. You got to put UCF in there, otherwise they're. Uh, their school will get we'll a hold get, of us. We'll get emails yeah. from their lawyers. We won't get press credentials to cover an event if we say Central Florida enough. Uh, it's like saying Bloody Mary in front of a mirror, okay? Gotcha. Can't do it. Kansas State, Utah are the two teams with the over-under set at nine and a half. Not bad for the Utes. Not bad at all. You've got Utah at the very top of the conference. That, that's <laughs> that's who I think. This is right. what I think is going to be the Big 12 championship matchup. Is Between Utah Kansas, Kansas State and Utah? State. I do. Nice. Uh, BYU at the very bottom, Utah at the very top. Do that with it what you will. Do Don't with- send us emails. Don't Fine. tell me on Twitter that I knew I'm, you I'm an idiot. I knew you were a Utah homer, dude. That's what I love. Hey, he is, though. I mean, if you're wondering... I tell people all the time. No, he is. Well, all all you, all the B, all the BYU <laughs> folks that think you're one of them I know. are oh, so disappointed no, in you. No, no, no. I know. How then dare they tell you? me. You're supposed to get on here you went and to you're this. supposed to push BYU. I thought you went to that school. You're supposed to tell everybody that everyone else is wrong and guess that BYU is going to overcome the odds. Guess you forgot about the honor code. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We got more to go. Came from Alex. <laughs> we have. Uh, How dare you even report this? A Friday. Why are we edition? discussing BYU four and a half on wind tolls? <laughs> Just ignore it. Just cast it. it off. You know Vegas is Sin City, right? All right. We will come back with a Friday edition of Would You Rather next, right here, ninety-seven-five DKSL Sports Zone. Listen, everybody. Real life hypotheticals to get your brain churning. As JJ and Alex ask, Would you rather? Welcome back. We're going to get to Tom Curl in just a moment here. Owner of the warehouse is going to give you some dills on a Friday here. Going into President's Day weekend, you know, it's one of those times that people are going out and they're doing furniture shopping. Let me just give you a tip. Go to the warehouse because then you don't have to go to the, all the other places that everybody's, you know, pushing each other around on for those President's Day sales. Uh, here's what we got here. On a would you rather. Would you rather would you rather watch the NBA All Star All Star game or a game featuring Caitlin Clark this weekend? Caitlin Clark, and that's a slam dunk. Although I will watch the dunk contest. Why? Speaking of slam dunks, not over Caitlin Clark necessarily. I'm saying that's the stuff I tune into. I watch the three point contest. I watch the dunk contest. I won't watch even I hope the it's rising. Good. I won't even watch the Rising Stars game. Which, on paper, philosophically, these guys are going to play harder right i wish we could bottle up whatever energy they're going to come to the game with at least they got a tournament format where they're competing yes i like that but no you're right um we talked about this right at the top of the show the caitlin clark situation is one that 
you ha- it's kind of stop everything else and watch it. We She's did that last good. we did last night to watch her break the record. Yes. And and to do it from the logo is just bonkers. Perfect. Yes. Uh, she probably had that planned out, right? I hope so. Like not at but the. But she's pre- so, she's so confident, right, that she can make that shot, that the timing of when the record was broken on the play it happened on. You don't want it to right. be at the free throw line. You don't want a free throw line. You don't want it on a uh, goaltending call. No. <laughs> a logo three right. is perfection. Right. So I a hundred percent. I have a hard time. Look, when it was here, when it was here last year, obviously our attention was was uh, here in Salt Lake at the All Star game. Yeah, I barely can get going. No, not with no All Stars. I'm not into it this year. Just yeah. not. Yeah, that's fine. Keontae George scoring 33 points on nine threes and six assists, or, or uh, and lose, or you beat the Warriors, but you have zero points. <laughs> This goes against everything I believe in about winning. Oh. But if you're a Jazz fan, you'll take the Keontae George scoring 33 in a loss because this means that you've got a future star on your hands that's going to help you win games in the future. If Keontae's not having these kind of games right now as a rookie, you're kind of like, well, what the heck? I'm not sure what his shooting percentage is from the three right now. Overall for the season, yeah. I'm not either. I don't have that in front of me. But, but it, wasn't it was good qu- last night. Right, it was amazing last night, 9 for 16. But like that, he was so far off of having games like this. He was so far. Like, I mean, he'll. You can see his athletic ability. You can see how good he could be. But his shooting didn't really match up with that, right? Which is something that comes with being a rookie. You got to learn how to shoot in the it NBA. It takes time. It's a totally different deal. But to have a thirty-three point game, nine of sixteen from three, eleven of twenty-two from the field, six assists, which means you're helping your team yes. make baskets as well, right? Is such a great sign for a rookie in this league. It, it tells you that this young man is going to be really good once he is able to do this yeah. on a consistent basis. Right. Now, it may have sounded like I agreed with you, but and I know there's no wrong answer here, but you're dead wrong. I'm a team guy, JJ. I wanted to win against those Warriors last You wanted night. to win that game last night, so you're one step closer to conveying the pick. <laughs> I told you never to say convey the pick again on the show. Sorry. That's... Convey the pick. I, I will I will continue to say convey, and I will continue to force you to say gel. <laughs> no. The team was really gelling last night. Whoa. Well, it's like it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. What All right. Gelling. Let me give you something better to listen to. You ready for this? Matt Biamonte is going to break down a little bit of uh, this week of BYU basketball, the combine invites, how Keaton Slovis could convey his talents from the collegiate level. JJ, see what I did there? Nice. Uh, into the pros. What kind of a pro he could be. He got an invite to the uh, to the combine. We'll see what Matt thinks about that. Stay with us. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen. You're locked into JJ and Alex. Oh, yeah. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is a Friday edition. Oh, JJ's dancing in the studio now? It's Friday. All right. Our, uh, beats during the break here. Our eight-month-old, without fail, if she hears... It's not any music. If she hears uh, a good beat, maybe some trap. Yeah. 
she gets some uh, she gets going. Suddenly she's in the club. She gets going. Oh yeah, she's in the club. All right. It's uh, the top of the hour. We got tons to get to. Our program is always brought to you by G2G bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G bar is perfect for anybody who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. Find them at Costco, Holiday Oil, Maverick. Don't look in that fridge. You know where you can't find them is in our studio. Why is that? We got a little aggressive. uh, I told you we couldn't eat them that fast. We did. So I never had more than one a day. I promise. <laughs> that's a good. It's a good pace. Never to took go two. At. Anytime you leave for the weekend in this building, you're going to get a lot of food stolen it out happens. of a fridge. I've worked, do we need I've to worked do, weekends in this building for 20 years. Do we need to do the the note from management on the fridge that says, "Don't take anybody else's Gene to Gene bars"? Yeah, that was the HR voice. I guess it's on every Sorry, fridge Sorry. in this building. It yet is. Food continues to disappear. There's a reason. We used to have a uh, quick story before we get to Matt. <laughs> I'm not going to say any names. Did you spend 15 minutes with Steph Curry? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, n- never had that privilege. Sorry, I'm I, not, just, I wonder what you guys I'm not in the circle. About. I'm All not right. in the circle. That's fine. This has nothing to do with Steph Curry, but this does have to do with break rooms and fridges at work. Mm. So it was about 10, 15 years ago here at KSL. There was a, <laughs> there was a major controversy. Okay. Because food was disappearing out of the first floor fridge. So people's, the new, people's meals that they brought meals. in Tupperware. So the news, not just someone went and bought Chick Fil A, put it in the fridge. We're going to eat it right. after the newscast. New, the, by the way, the new I wanna, homemade food. I'll paint the picture here before we get to Matt by Monte. Hold on, stand by, Matt. I've got it because this is important. This is a this is a HR situation. So the first floor fridge is not a fridge; it's a couple of fridges. Yes, and they are at any given time packed with a lot of food because a lot of people work in the newsroom. Yes. Now, sometimes it's left for a long, long time. KSL News Radio, KSL TV, yes. Deseret News, a lot of people. All of it, yeah. So what happened? Well, food was continuously, it got, like, this is an extreme problem. Like, it happens occasionally. There's notes on the fridge. If it's not yours, don't take yeah. it. Yeah. Which is silly that we have to remind sure. people, if it's not yours, you don't take it. But uh, this became a problem, like extreme. Like, all the food that was in the fridge was All the fridge. <laughs> all the food. And everyone realized, we have a break room bandit. Wow. They needed to discover who it was. Guess what? Hidden cam. Investigation. They found out who it was. Ooh. They got busted. KSL investigates? They no longer work here. So don't mm. take food out of the break room fridge or you'll become the break room bandit. Who's the top? It's just Tom Kirkland. That's what I was going to say. I, wasn't, I didn't have the guts to say it. That would be amazing. I know it would have been. But I must say it was not Tom Kirkland. Nice guess, though, Lloyd. Dick Norris here. <laughs> what are you having for lunch, That kid? would be even better. <laughs> like Dick walks in at 9.30 before the 10 o'clock newscast. Like, ooh. ooh. Is that stuffing? Mm. Is that from home? I'm hungry. <laughs> Let's get to Matt Biamonte. My heavens. Is that keeping takeout? We're keeping that, him. Was that homemade? We're keeping him waiting. All right. Matt Biamonte, BYU Insider, KSLSports.com. Also, Cougar Sports Saturday host. You can hear he and Mitch Harper tomorrow on KSL News Radio talking about all things Cougs. Matt, welcome to the program, man. Who buys Chick-fil-A and then puts it in the fridge? Oh. I, I got to eat that piping hot. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I really want to know. I don't know what a greater Jay crime Jay. would be is for somebody to buy their fast food, come to work and put it in the fridge for later and not eat it yeah. or, have, or be the person that actually stole it out of the fridge and ate it. The all-star, They're both crimes. We have, we have a list of, of like Hall of Fame notes that have been left on the, on the fridges. My favorite was a note that was left on the microwave that said, Please do not microwave fish anymore in the microwave. Oh. <laughs> I was like, you have to tell people not to microwave fish. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, Matt, BYU on Tuesday, a game that 
they should have run away with, and they kept almost running away with it. Will you explain what happened in, that, in the last 90 seconds of that game so people understand how weird of a deal it was to see UCF continue to stay in that game and only lose by two points to BYU? I had a BYU fan come up to me today, actually, asking that question. It was like, that was so BYU to just let that lead slip away. And I, I don't feel like that was one of those situations where it comes with BYU you. went into a lull. I, I really think it was just UCF was making ridiculous shots. And, yeah, there were there were some turnovers in there. There were some easy baskets that UCF benefited from. But down the stretch, it was simply UCF was throwing shots up and they were going in. And to be honest with you, I was really encouraged with the win because with a team like UCF, who had all the momentum, they were playing great basketball down the stretch. You miss a couple of free throws, you turn it over late in the game, you lose that game. And for them to take care of the ball in the final two minutes, to go to the free throw line, to hit all your free throws, that's what they had to do to, to hold off a UCF team that was playing great basketball down the stretch and I just thought it was a really impressive win UCF's a good basketball team and th their league record's not great I know they're four and seven but they're not as com they're, you can't compare them with Oklahoma State Oklahoma State would be as next they're not very good UCF I think is a good basketball team and that was a good win for BYU never apologize for a win I don't care how it happened or what happened during the win you don't apologize for it and BYU gets one that uh, that helps them. Um, this is this Saturday game though is weird. I'm looking at the standings and BYU is only two games back of first place. The first place team's Iowa State, a team they beat and beat handily. This league is crazy and it continues to be crazy. But BYU can actually take a hit in their net ranking by even playing Saturday, which stinks. But a chance to get a win, a road win against Oklahoma State. Uh, how do you feel about BYU's chances going into Oklahoma State? I'm a little worried just because I, I think Oklahoma State is is starting to play a little bit better basketball. I know they're on a two-game losing streak. The two, their only two conference wins have come at home. It's at a little unusual time, but I think BYU should win this one comfortably. It's nice that they had a few days off after UCF to rest up because they've been battling injuries and illness all season long. So to get that Tuesday-Saturday break is big for them. It, it, it's an important game in the sense that, yeah, you're right. It's not going to help the net. This is not a good basketball team. They have a losing record. But BYU still hasn't won enough games to guarantee an NCAA tournament. I think mm -hmm. they need two more. They can get to eight conference wins. They're getting to the tournament. Who knows what the seed line will be, but they'll get there. This is one of those games. And they play Oklahoma State twice. If you can beat them two more times, then you're going to the tournament. So from that perspective, I think it's a big game because there's not a lot of gimmies in this league. This might be the only gimme, Oklahoma State. you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, if you steal road wins the rest of the way, like, they come at a massive premium. Again, like like you guys are saying, the, the, the net might be it, – to me, once you get to the end of this thing, if you can be – I mean, what's 500? Nine and nine? Is that what the 500 mark yep, would be? Yeah, so 18, 18 cups. Right, games. so they host Baylor still. They go to Kansas State – who they beat at their play at, uh, at you know at the Marriott Center? I'm sure that's going to be absolutely difficult. Then you go to Kansas, who I think we went over uh, how impossible it is to not just beat. I mean, beating Kansas is hard enough, but people have done it this year. Beating them on their home floor, Bill Self that's just doesn't different. it just doesn't happen. Uh, hosting TCU, you got to get. So it's like you got to get this one. You got to steal one or two more 
in there as well because what do they have? Six wins in conference, so beat Oklahoma State, maybe steal one from Baylor uh, and then TCU because the other ones are going to be absolutely difficult, Kansas State, Kansas, and Iowa State at, uh, at their places. I mean, Iowa State is now a top-10 team. That's where we're at here. Yeah, yeah. Iowa State's tough. I, I don't think Kansas State is that hard. I wasn't that impressed with Kansas State when they were here. I think that's a winnable game. But let's say you get K-State, those two Oklahoma State games, and then you get you steal one of what you mentioned, a TCU, a Baylor, a Kansas, and Iowa State. Then you're looking at 10, plus you got the tournament, maybe you get two more there, like 12 conference wins, and you probably are a five seed. And we'll see if the committee throws you a bone and gets you into Salt Lake City. But that is very doable, and it's kind of crazy that we're even having this conversation because I don't think anyone thought this was going to happen. But this BYU team in conference play has proven they're a good basketball team, and I think they're they're in my. I know they don't have enough wins yet, guys, to be de- deemed an NCAA tournament team. I think they're getting to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think eleven and uh, so no, it would be like ten and eight would be very possible. If you look at the home games, if they sweep Oklahoma State, take care of business at home, that means beating Baylor, which won't be easy, beating Kansas State on the road, even if you you sneak that in. I think 11 and 8 is doable. And can you – 11 is – sorry, 10 and 8. Yeah. Imagine before the season if I told you BYU would be 10 and 8. A winning record in conference, not even close. Think about that. Like you were – You could have made a lot of money if you you, you would truly believe that. What did we say? We were like, yeah, I mean, maybe 5 and – Five and twelve, your first go around, maybe six and eleven in your first go, or six and ten, or whatever it would have been in your first go around, or six and thirteen. I don't you know. Got to keep this in to. perspective. Yeah. You know, we're taught. We're now you're in the middle of it, and BYU's had opportunities they haven't. But we, all of us have to have, keep this in perspective. This is a team that was supposed to win between five and ten games this year, and to be in this position oh, is just phenomenal. Yeah. All right, uh, Matt. Let's uh, shift things over to over to the football side of things. Keaton Slovis, Kingsley Sumatai, and Ryan Rico, all invited to the combine. I'll uh, look. I I was going to ask you about the bench press and the forty time of Ryan Rico, but I'll move past that. We don't have time. So, what are we what are we talking about? Like Keaton Slovis getting an invite to the combine? I mean, I'm I'm not shocked, I guess, but kind of. I don't know. Explain to me. This is a guy who lost his starting job in the last two seasons at BYU. I mean, at uh, BYU and Pitt were le- way less than good. And so tell me what his chances are and why scouts do still think that he may uh, turn out to be a pro prospect at some point. It's the NFL draft. I, I don't know if there's anything else to say, but I, I, here's the thing. I think when you bust onto the scene like Slovis did at USC and you play for a program like USC, that reputation will always follow you. And I think that is still true amongst NFL scouts is that the Keaton Slovis who is slinging it for the Trojans, that's somewhere there. And you can you can spin the narrative positive or negative was all the constant change and turmoil of coordinators. Could that have been overcome? And or or is that who he is? Like, I, I don't I don't think we fully know, to be honest with you, because it was pretty clear at BYU that Aaron Roderick was unable to adapt the offense to his skills, and he didn't have the skills to run Aaron Roderick's offense. And at Pitt, his offensive coordinator leaves in the middle of the offseason, and his receiver transfers to USC. Like, that had an impact, too. His coach didn't believe in him either. So it's, it's hard to say, and I guess that's a long way of saying, I still think NFL scouts believe there might be something there. Let's check it out. I think he'll... 
I don't know if he'll get drafted. I think he'll find his his way onto a camp, and and we'll kind of see what happens if he chooses the right spot. But there's no doubt there's talent there. We saw it at times at BYU where he was making tremendous throws and helping this team to wins and performing in pressure situations. That Arkansas win was a nice win, and he made some great throws under pressure in that game to help BYU upset an SEC team. Albeit that team wasn't very good, but still they beat an SEC team with Slovis. So I'm with you. It was kind of a surprise, but I just think if you get a certain sig- a stigma, positive or negative, that can carry with you. And in this particular instance, I think he still has a positive stigma from what he did at USC, and, and that got him an invite to the combine. What is at stake for Kingsley Suamata'ia at the combine? Oh, man, uh, millions of dollars being a first-round draft pick. If he puts up good numbers, he doesn't have to blow anyone away, but if he displays his athleticism that put him on Bruce Feldman's freaks list before this season, then he's going to be a first-round draft pick, probably mid to late first round. But there's teams at the end of the draft that are good football teams that need linemen. Like, we just... I think two teams in the Super Bowl could use a Kingsley Suamati. San Francisco certainly could. So if he puts up solid numbers, he doesn't need to blow anyone away, but if he puts up good numbers that displays his athleticism, he's got the football film and a first round, he's got first round buzz. I think if he can confirm that, then he's going to be in the first round. Now, if he goes in and blows it, puts up a bad bench press and doesn't run well and doesn't look that athletic, then he could have cost himself a couple rounds and a lot of million dollars. So there's there's a lot on the line for Kingsley. Matt, one thing I want to know is uh, who is the guy who doesn't who is not invited to the combine who will have an NFL career? Wow, that is a good question, and it's a. Uh, I mean, history would say there's a couple people that in in this state and in particular BYU that go on and do something that did not get drafted in the NFL. I I think the one guy to me that keeps coming back to mind is Eddie Heckard. I just feel like this dude, when he was at Weber state was getting NFL buzz, but there was always this, well, it's the FCS level. Can he, can he do it on the biggest stage? He was one of BYU's best defenders, if not their best defender last year. I thought he performed very well for most of the season, proved that he could cover really athletic and talented guys. I would not be shocked if he finds his way onto a 53-man roster because his skill set is one that you need in football right now. Football is more of a pass game than a run game, and you need cover corners. I mean, geez, could could the Niners have used someone like him in the Super Bowl to, to cover some people in that fourth quarter? It felt like guys were running free left and right. So he has a, a good skill at cover, and he has a great skill at making plays via interceptions, forcing fumbles. He's done that all throughout his career. I think Eddie Hecker is the easy choice for someone that probably won't get drafted, I know that he was bummed not to go to the combine, but he, there's still a tremendous opportunity for him to make his way into the league. Matt Biamonte, Cougar Sports Saturday. Do you guys even have a show tomorrow? My goodness, isn't it tip off at like noon tomorrow? We don't. We're, we're you. free, baby. President's Day weekend <laughs> gift to you, bro. There you go. Seriously. Uh, well, we'll, you need it. it. You deserve it. A little break uh, for the guys on Cougar Sports Saturday. Maybe not to have to. Well, you'll probably still cover the game, but I'm just saying you don't have to do your yeah. show. That's the whole point. All right. Uh, Matt by Monte, thanks for joining us as usual, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Have thanks, a good weekend. There you go. We were just wondering about this. We were watching Caitlin Clark and the numbers they keep putting up. She's 98 points away from breaking Pistol Pete's all-time. Which is insane. Scoring record. 
which, by the way, Pistol Pete was like 40 points a game. Now, he didn't play a freshman season, but we looked at her averages for her years. And he didn't have a three-point line. Didn't have a three-point line. Her averages in college are freshman year, 27 points. Sophomore year, 27.5. Junior year, 28.5. And And then this year, she's averaging 32.8 points a game. Not a bad career for the all-time scoring leader in women's basketball. She's got a good chance to break that record. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be in two games, buddy, at this rate. Yeah. We'll come back. We got more. We will take a break. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. A couple things for us to jump into that we don't want you to miss at all. So stay right here with us on a Friday edition of the program. It is 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on the zone. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Happy Friday to you. Thanks for being with us on the program. Hope your Friday's going phenomenal. Hope you have a long weekend. JJ gets a long weekend. Wait, don't you? I work Sunday. JJ gets Monday off. Yeah, Monday off, right? I do. Hey! hey! I just realized I have Monday off. You know what? What do you do on days off, Alex? I, I don't know. Well, you know, what you do don't do? get them very often. Is there some, I would just, what do I do on... Yeah, you know what i do? I would probably just uh, expense ex- uh, wait, a date night. What? Lloyd there. Expense? Yeah, good. <laughs> I didn't want him to be there for this. So when I get hauled into HR on uh, Wednesday, when they see a charge on my uh, P yeah. card, it's like... Just say... Well, Alex said... Development. Just put on the development. note, development. Team building. <laughs> There you go. That's what I'm saying. So speaking of teams, thinking about it. Oh, uh, right. So you right before the show, we were discussing this because we were talking about uh, Major League Baseball team, talking about Major League Baseball coming to Utah. Yesterday we read, of course, the amount of money that the uh, that the Miller companies are pledging. Toward development here in the state of Utah, well, in Salt Lake City over there on the in the Power District, right where the yes. where the uh, stadium is likely to be built, as part of a bid to hopefully bring Major League Baseball here by whenever expansion happens. And I don't know. I mean, all 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 signs point to Salt Lake City being the healthiest kind of candidate here out west for it. So what do we know right now after yesterday's $3.5 billion pledge that uh, obviously is something that is not what you're going to get from most towns in terms of development? What do we know about uh, what do we know about where this stands and where Rob Manfred, who is a huge proponent of this, is a huge proponent of Salt Lake City. I think he's a big fan of the Millers. I think he knows that they already the, the Miller company knows how to run a franchise. They've already done it. At the big level. They know how to build some, a team here in Salt Lake City. And so the announcement of uh, Rob Manfred's retirement 
by 2029. Does that hinder what's going on here? Are we should we worry should we be worried about it? Do we have to flirt with whoever the next commissioner is? I would assume the next possible commissioner is probably a deputy commissioner of some sort, kind of a commissioner in waiting. I don't know. You tell me. Am I supposed to feel okay about this? No big deal. Okay. Rob Manfred has explained that he will retire when his term expires in January of 2029. I actually think this is great news for Salt Lake City. It's great news for Major League Baseball fans who would like to see expansion take place. All of these commissioners want to accomplish great things. They want to be remembered for something. Now, Rob Manfred's run as a commissioner, how would you judge it? Uh, I will say... I think baseball right now is is doing pretty well. People don't like Rob Manfred, but I don't know if that's just because people don't like commissioners as sports. He's a lawyer. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, okay. Roger, Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the most important sports. Uh, I mean, is that crazy to say that a that the NFL is the most important sports entity in if, the world? If you're going to argue what is the most powerful sports league in the world... Yeah, maybe the EPL. The EPL and the NFL are probably where you start. Right. And maybe La Liga in Spain? La Liga. Maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, that, I mean no, like, it's right there. I mean, not right there, but I mean, it's... In terms Barcelona of Barcelona's worth. Real Madrid. Barcelona's and, worth is right there with the Yankees and, exactly. uh, and, and the Cowboys, I can't, right? I can't bring that up without mentioning that league because of the teams that are in it, the wealth that they possess. What about the Bundesliga? <laughs> I'm all looking well, at Alex. What, is this, what does this tell you? And Alex appreciates this. Alex yes. is a soccer guy. We live in a bubble here in the United States. We think that soccer's not a big deal. You leave this country yeah. and soccer is the deal. The Bundesliga. So, what do you have? Uh, Dortmund. Munich. Uh, Mun- Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. I pronounced that correctly. Munchen, uh, Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> also very good. I think between you, Dor- you Dortmund You forgot and- the incorporated on there. <laughs> <laughs> I think right. between Dortmund and Munich, those are the top two. Yeah, those are the Doofenshmirtz. Yeah. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't Messi play for Doofenshmirtz? <laughs> <laughs> We're idiots. The f- <laughs> we are idiots. Oh. Soccer people right now are listening. I, I gave these guys like, a chance and you. I'm done. You I bozos. Hate these guys. All right. Totally slamming Either way, you get it. So, what is Rob Manfred doing for the growth of baseball then? Because this uh, is one this that is, we. This is where I get. This is what I'm getting to. Is if you're Rob Manfred and there's been just a lot of little controversies and you've you've rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. What is what is your legacy? What are you leaving Major League Baseball? I think. A great way for him to go out on top and to go out with a legacy is expansion. I think it's something he's playing cool with here, but I think it's going to happen. Now, does that mean that the expansion teams will be playing by the time his term is up? No, but I believe that the choices will be made before January of 2029. And I believe that Big League Utah is way ahead of the curve. I think they're farther ahead than Nashville. Not that they're, I, I don't, I don't think they're competing with Nashville per se. You're, you're basically wanting to stand out as the best choice in the West, right? Because MLB needs balance geographically, and, sure. and they're going to add a Western team and an Eastern team with these two picks, and that's how it's going to go. Who, who's, who is set apart right now? I mean, the other thing to watch here is do the A's end up actually staying in Oakland? That could throw a wrench in things because Vegas, Vegas could pose a threat. There's right. no doubt about that. But yes. I don't see Portland as a threat right now. To answer your question, should Manfred's cool talk 
about expansion, meaning not being very gung-ho about it. Although saying it's going to happen, but saying we're not, it's not a priority right now, we're not really focused on that. Should you be concerned about that? No, because I think this is going to happen during his term where they make the announcement and make the choice about who those two franchises are going to be that will be added in the 2030s. Now, that's kind of like a baseball fan right now like listening is like, I don't want to wait until 2030. I got all excited about this. Well, think about it. It's only six years away. If he's going to leave in 2029, obviously they'll probably have a situation kind of wrapped up. It'll be well known, and then the teams will be able to go through the process of a draft, all those things that have to take place before you actually start playing 2030. Maybe it's 2031, 23. I don't know. I'm just saying I feel very confident that a decision on expansion and who the cities are will be made during Manfred's term, which will conclude in January of 2029. And I think that Big League Utah knows that, and I think they're making a strong push here. They're way ahead of the curve on this. Give Steve Starks credit. Give the organization credit. Gail Miller, everybody that's involved in this with pushing this forward. They're all in on this, and everything they have done so far, for lack of a better term, has been a home run. They're getting it right each and every step of the way while you watch Portland bungle it. Although I'm so disappointed that the renderings for the stadium over at the Power District did not have a gondola. Did not have a gondola. Uh, Portland wins there. Portland had the gondola. Yeah. I'm kidding, obviously. So I can't believe Portland wants to put a gondola in their stadium. It makes no the sense. question was asked at the very beginning when everything was rolled out kind of in the summer. I was like, well, how much were taxpayers going to be yeah, on the okay. hook for? And there are a couple of sources on this one, too. And Andy Larson's reporting this from the Tribune saying that it's going to be a billion dollars that they would likely be asking the public for. They're pledging three point five for the, billion. Now let's be. You need to make a, a, a distinction here. That's not for the stadium only. That's for That's the for entire the power district development. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of incentives for the community to do this. If you've driven in that area lately, you understand why it's important and why I, it would be why it's for the greater good of this community. Now I'm not endorsing taxpayers funding this. I'm just saying you can understand how beneficial this will be to our community. I pay Salt Lake County taxes. I pay Salt Lake City taxes, okay? Give it to me. (laughs) Like, I will be a part of this bond. I'm all for it. You know why? Because it's one thing to throw money in a pit. It's another to develop the city that you're paying taxes in. That ends up being ultimately better for everybody. Right? Isn't that the point of asking the public for funding? Not just because we want to see a baseball game or whatever, but this is the whole point. They're going to revamp an entire west portion, northwest portion of the city that needs it for improvement. And by the way, they spend a lot more money in other places for a lot less development. They spend a lot more money just on the stadiums in these places. The stadium's going to be the very last thing, as you pointed out yesterday. How, how, what would your response be to someone who says, I'm not going to pay it. I don't want to pay for we, that. We, we're going to pay a billion dollars for this development with the baseball hey. stadium, but we're still last in the nation hey. in spending Salt Lake for City, education. Salt Lake City, while everybody else around them grows, the city of Salt Lake is in a, is in a stagnant spot right now. You're absolutely right. It's actually shrinking. Downtown has gotten great over the past few years. 
it will go back to the place that it was. It, you remember how bad it was probably 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. You couldn't walk around in the evenings. There was nothing open, first of all, and there was nothing really going on, and it was not good. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm like, bring it. Let's go. Before the City Creek developments. Before City about. Creek. And on top of it, like when you pour money into us, when you pour money, and there are things that don't work, this is not one of those things. This is not one of those things. The way that you solidify that it will work is having a significant amount of backing, people that matter making that backing. And if you have public buy-in, like you have to have the public buy-in. You obviously have no to. No question. But they it's need a to lot to ask. A billion but, is a but, lot to ask. But they need to understand that they're not just asking for a stadium. So many other states, so many other cities. I've lived in these cities that have asked for just money for the stadium. It's what sunk Seattle ultimately for their NBA team. Yeah. Key Arena was dying and dead. And a city who loves sports was like, we can't throw some billions of dollars right now at this moment to the development of just a stadium. Anyway, that's my pitch. There you go. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. Tom Curl's going to join us. We're also, hey, uh, it's official. George Klyavkov looks like he's going to be parting ways. Not fired, because that's not a thing anymore. Parting ways. No one's been fired no. in the last five years. Come on. Anywhere. We'll take a break. We've got more to go around the corner in 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. When TV and radio collide, love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It is 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen. Ooh, we got some breaking golf news. Tiger Woods withdrawals from the uh, withdrawals from the withdrawals. I'm sorry, I did not mean to make that slip for his uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. He withdraws. He had to uh, quit because he's developed a drawl in his speech. I don't understand. He's got flu-like symptoms, dizziness, being treated uh, before he left the course. Did you see his game? I hope he was dizzy. Jeez. Shanked uh, an iron yesterday. Was hitting the ball. Uh, I mean, you know what's crazy is like any of us would beg to have those kind of <laughs> He's like, oh, look at this. He's 12 yards short of the green on this drive. And I'm like, oh, my heavens. And then they're like, uh, and he's disappointed. I mean, obviously he's a pro, but, you know. So Tiger Woods. Uh Withdraws from the Genesis. There you go. We hardly knew ye, Tiger Woods. Wait, he didn't die, did he? Just flu-like symptoms? Is that what it said? We didn't get through the week without you killing off a legend. You did it Somebody. Again. I, I, there's always someone. Alex. They're, they're Tiger honoring, Woods they're honoring is still like, with us. They're doing like... He did not pass away today. He just withdrew from right. the tournament. They're he did doing not like, withdraw from life. Okay. All right. They're just doing pictures and stuff of like athletes, and I'm like, did... Did Luka Doncic die? They're showing him, and it's like, oh, no, just a... Uh, now you killed Luka, too? Well, they're just, just showing him, and, like, they put him in, like, a frame. Just because they show highlights on TV doesn't mean somebody died. You know what I love is that ESPN showed, like, a handful of highlights where a bunch of guys are burning Dylan Brooks. I think they did that on pur- purpose, right? Because they're showing first-half highlights of the NBA season. If you should just show the highlights, pretty darn cool. Uh, all right. So, George Klafkoff looks like he is... Uh, Rest in peace. 
Well, he's oh, not, he, he didn't, didn't die. die. He's, he's, he's still, still with us. Still with us. Okay. But his yeah, but he is, he is, yes. <laughs> Do you think he'll ever get another job in no chance. sports? No chance. All right. Well, he ran the ATP back in the day, didn't he? Oh, no, that was Larry Scott. I'm trying to think of – I'm getting mixed up all my commissioners of the Pac-12 that did a terrible job. <laughs> you had several to choose from. <laughs> Klayovkov it's easy came, to get confused. Klayovkov came from the world of, like, promotion in the uh, in the betting realm for MGM. I bet he could be welcome back to that at any point. We could play a fun game called Which Commissioner Made the Biggest Mistake? Yeah. So I, I was looking at this, and I was, like, actually wondering – because it says, and I got the KSL Sports update, just like or like the, uh, the the thing that just like everybody else did. Pac-12 parts ways with Commissioner George Klyavkov. Mutu- mutually decide to part ways. Like the Pac-12 one doesn't exist anymore, so obviously you'll part ways with something that doesn't exist. And George Klyavkov's position as the commissioner of a non-existent. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what this is. You know what? What did that sound like? What did that conversation sound like? Do you think? That'd be pretty awkward. Short, hold on, brief. Hold on. Do you, I'm gonna do something. Do we have? Do we have no, actual? No, no. I'm a, here's what I'm gonna you do. Bug the room or something? <laughs> no, no. I'm gonna walk out and I'm gonna make a phone call to you. Okay. Alex, are we prepared for something like this? Okay. I'm gonna walk out. I'm gonna make a phone call, and you'd be George Klyovkov. I'm George Klyovkov. I'll be uh, I'll be one of the one of the presidents of the uh, of of Washington State or or Washington at this point. All right. Hold on. I'm gonna walk out and we'll do this this fake we'll do this fake phone call like it. This is the way it happened. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. I'm George Klyovkov. You are the uh, Pac-2 conference commissioners uh, who had to make a very difficult decision this week uh, to let go of George Klyovkov. I'm not sure who's going to lead the two-member conference moving forward, but it won't be George. So. Ring, ring. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. This is George Klyovkov. Hi, George. No, I know who this is. This is Mike Bohm, former athletic director at uh, USC. Hello, Mike. What's going on? Hey, just checking to see how things are going. The conference asked me to uh, check in and maybe just kind of do a little bit of performance review. Uh, See where we're at here. You left the conference. I don't work for you. I work for two. That's true. I was asked to make this phone call. Make it as awkward as, or less awkward as possible. So, George, this is a little performance review. We're just going to do it on the fly here. You okay with that? Sure, I'm ready. All right. How do you feel looking at the numbers you've been doing here? Look here, let me defend my resume. I formed the alliance. I formed the alliance. That's great. With the, hey, with you the, know what? With the and Big Ten and the listen, ACC. I stood up to Brent Yormark. Listen. We appreciate that. I stood up that. to Brett Yormark. I, I, oh. I raised my voice at Pac-12 Media right. Day. And hell of a job. Like, we're, we're not saying any of that. I just wanted to go back to some of these numbers I'm looking at here. How many teams are still in the conference that you're the uh, commissioner of? That would be two. Right. Two How many loyal, did two there loyal used? institutions. Right. How many did there used to be? I'm just trying to look at my numbers here. I'm just a, a neutral party here. I've just been asked to audit. Okay. Well, you, you know. That would be 12. Okay, so we're now down 10 teams because of your uh, amazing leadership. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm hearing? Oh, so d- you're help gonna, me understand here. Oh, you're blaming me? Are you going? Well, uh, why, why don't you call the presidents? He- Listen, I you did what presidents. the presidents okay. asked me to do. I had a deal. Mm-hmm. I had a deal. Mm-hmm. 
Have don't you, you ever watched Apple TV? It's Listen. amazing. Did you have you ever watched Ted Lasso? Have you seen that show? How much money? We could have been on money? Apple TV. Listen, how much money did you cost this conference? You're insulting me right now. I had a deal. Mm. I had a deal, listen, and this. you didn't want it. It wasn't good hey, enough listen. for you. Listen, I'm going to go I'm ahead. I'm enjoying and my subscription. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and press send on this email that says we've decided to part ways mutually. Look, we didn't You're need you seeing you. We didn't need You're you to see you Nobody watches football in California. You, of course, get all the beef jerky you want because you did sign that deal with the uh, with Trapper Joe's, the uh, official beef jerky of the Pac-12. Look, so before, okay. I want you to grab a handful on the way out the door, before but we you, have Alex, now officially parted ways mutually. Before you do that, hear me <laughs> out. Hear me out. Two-team power conference. It could be awesome, groundbreaking. Barstool Sports is interested in broadcasting our games. Much better than Apple TV. Those guys are hilarious. We don't need USC and UCLA. No one in Southern California watches football. I got San Jose State ready to go. And you know what? I know somebody at Loyola Marymount. Did you say San Jose State? Before fire me, think I'm about gonna it. Go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and end think the phone it. call after you just invoke the name of the think sacred about Spartans it. to join your conference. Think about Absolutely it. Absolutely not. We can rebuild. We've parted ways. I've got a We've vision. We've parted ways. We've usually parted ways. I don't, want, I don't care what you say. I'll always have Ted Lasso. Oh. That was an awkward conversation. We've mutually parted ways. It was like, well, hold on. I don't want to part. I know, but we've mutually parted ways. We've decided that this is going to be best for everybody. All right. Let's take a uh, break. Ladies and gentlemen. You're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back, everybody. It is 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us on the program. Happy Friday to you. Uh, yes, we've got tons going on here. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen, JJ and Alex. That's the show name, of course. Man, of all the things that we could be talking about, the NFL, of course, uh, finds a way into our show. We always continue to talk about it. And right after the Super Bowl ends, and sometimes before it even starts, we start to get these mock drafts that pop up. And frankly, we're obsessed with all of them. So getting an expert that comes along with the territory of a mock draft is something that we wanted to do. We had to do. Luke Easterling, uh, Athlon Sports, he is their mock draft expert. He's the guy you go to to ask about all these mock drafts. Now, mock drafts, come on, Luke. I mean, listen, this is fake, but it's at the same time I can't get enough of it. Yeah, I, I uh, haven't been able to quit these since I was, like, 12. So uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. If, if anybody was expecting me to, like, outgrow this, all I did was turn it into, like, my actual job. So uh, I'm grateful for that. But, yeah, man, I, I have. if you're looking for uh, uh, ways to kick this habit, I am the wrong person to come <laughs> to uh, because I am I'm doing my best to, uh, to supply as many of these as possible. You, you, like you said, I mean, it feels like once the Super Bowl is, is over, there's a whole – a whole group of you know fans or, or whoever that kind of plug into it at that point but i mean us us crazy people have been doing them since like september and, and it's just to, to get to the heart of what it is because you'll have a lot of people as well who are like these are pointless they're stupid why are you doing them 
in not you know let alone September, but even at this point in the process, and so much is going to change. We got the combine, we got all the pro days, we got trades that are going to happen, and I think what what everybody needs to understand is that the reason they resonate with with fans and with readers so much is because the, the, all of the different scenarios that that take place on draft day, every mock draft is a different potential one of those things and if you're picking whether you're picking one or 32 or anywhere in between seeing a bunch of different ways that could go it, it allows your mind to think about okay well what if this guy is on the board and what if this guy is on the board how does this guy fit into our defense and that's i mean that's literally why i have a job you know is to have those conversations and, and put them out there for readers and fans so they can by the time they get to the draft i would love for every fan of every every nfl team to have a reason to be excited about whoever they pick because of the work that we've been doing. That's kind of how I look at it. Before we break down some of uh, the local players that we have coming up in the draft, we want to hit at the top of the draft with you. And it looks like you've got quarterbacks going one, two, three. Is that how you see things shaking out? Yeah, it's, it's hard to see it going any other way. And, and again, that's really regardless of what teams are picking there. Because if, if you're if you're picking there and you need one, you're going to take one. If you're picking there and you decide, ah, I don't need one that badly, you're going to trade it to a someone who who does and, and who is willing to move up there to get one and so you know you also have to have the prospects to to warrant it and this year i feel like we've got three guys obviously caleb williams from usc is expected to go number one at the at the moment uh and then you got Jaden daniels from lsu who just won the heisman trophy and, and had a huge 2023 season you got drake may from north carolina if those guys come off the board one two three really in any order obviously we expect williams to go one but the next two guys could flip-flop and go two three in any order I really think the interesting storyline is which three teams are going to be sitting there. Right now it's Chicago, Washington, and uh, and the Patriots, but it could be different on draft day, and, and that's that's part of the, the fun and, and the buzz this year. You know, one thing that we uh, obviously we look at and we, we kind of wonder about, now I, the national championship game will make a it, – it'll absolutely change some of these guys and where their draft projections are. Uh, neither J.J. nor I looked at J.J. McCarthy as being one of these guys who would shoot up that board because I, I think that people look at him and go, oh, he's not that traditional quarterback. And, and frankly, th they rely so much on that run game at Michigan. And I've been a Michael Penix Jr. guy for so long that I thought I would want to have that guy on my team versus having J.J. McCarthy run the run the team. Where do you see J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and kind of the rest of the quarterback class after the top three there? Yeah, I think there's definitely a clear, you know, top tier, like you said, with those three guys. And, and Penix is the next guy for me still. And, and again, I'm, I'm always adamant with people that, you know, one game should never make or break your, your scouting report, basically. And, and it can do, it can, it can provide you information. It's just like anything else. You know, you, you have to take it in totality with everything else. It's a piece of the puzzle. If you have a bad combine or a bad pro day, you don't have a great week at the senior bowl. All those things can kind of matter to a point but you should always go back to the biggest sample size you have. And the biggest sample size any of these guys have is their resume on film. And so you can have a bad week. You can have a bad day. Um, sometimes even have a lackluster season sometimes. But if you have certain traits, go back and look at some of the numbers that, uh, that Josh Allen put up his last year in Wyoming. And he was still a top 10 pick and obviously still have a success in the NFL. So, you know, uh, Penix's performance in the, in the national championship game is really part uh, just a small sliver of his entire evaluation if you look at a guy who the, the biggest drawbacks for him are going to be he's going to be a 24 year old rookie he's basically the same age as justin fields who has three years of his starting experience now um and he's got you know he had his first four years all ended with injury you know his season ending injuries his first four years obviously the last two years he's been healthy in washington and put up huge numbers led the nation in passing each time 
but now we're you know you're getting into fit you know what kind of offense do you run how what do you need from your quarterback and so if you need somebody who's going to be super mobile and and is you know you're going to need him to not be worried about getting injured and getting out on the move maybe Penix isn't your guy do you need the guy who can sit in the pocket and throw darts to every level of the field and, and push the ball down the field I, I think he might have the best deep ball in the entire class with other guys included so you know, Penix is going to be a huge risk and reward in, in that way because of his age and his injury history. But McCarthy, on the other side of it, he's just so unproven as a passer. Obviously, he's much younger, just turned 21, tons of upside. He's an athlete. He's got a great arm. And you show you see it in moments, in flashes. But when you come from such a run-heavy system at Michigan where he was never really tested as a pure volume passer where it's like, hey, we're going to put the, the offense on your back. You're going to have to go win these games for us. That was just never something was asked of him. So I, I feel like, again, Penix is the, is the QB4 for me. McCarthy and Bo Nix are kind of in that next, you know, who, who could be four or five. It's kind of a wash. Um, but that's really what it is. He's got probably more upside, but that's a double-edged sword because we really just haven't seen it on film in terms of being able to take over an offense. We're going to talk about quarterbacks in the first round because that's what everyone is interested in. But this offensive line crop is really good, and one of yeah. them is a Utah kid by the name of Jackson Powers Johnson, a center at Oregon. He's a graduate of Corner Canyon High School in Draper, Utah. What can you tell us about Jackson Powers Johnson that has separated him from the pack and made him one of the top centers, if not the top center in this draft? Well, I, I would have originally just said that he's just a, a nasty, nasty dude who is really smart, really athletic, and really physical. But then I found out the other day that while he was at the Senior Bowl, he was signing autographs for, like, autograph hunters using fake names every time and one of them was he said he he said he signed turd ferguson on somebody's like helmet which is just like i i cannot not give you a first round grade if you did if you that'll shoot you up the draft board if a gm doesn't take him top 10 they're doing it wrong literally so when i found that out obviously he was already borderline first round now he's obviously locked into the first round now that i found that out um but but no i mean as a player you go turn on the film and again you, you, the first thing you have to have, if you're a center and you are not the smartest guy on the field, it, your, your offense is in trouble. And he clearly looks like that guy on, on tape. And, again, nasty, physical, just an athletic dude who can get out on the move. He can pull. He can trap. Uh, and, and when you can make the checks and calls and, and change protections and understand defensive front and, and, and what they're trying to do on the other side of the ball, he checks all those boxes. Obviously the top center in this class, and uh, I expect him to be a first-round pick. All right, so let's go to the locals here. Uh we were, you know, kind of going over some of these offensive linemen, of course, in here locally. Kingsley Sumatai out of BYU, uh, formerly of Oregon before that, um, but a kid who draws a lot of interest, of course. He had a lackluster season, to be sure, for BYU, I think, overall, but he is still one of these guys that is a freak athlete. If he gets the right coaching, he could absolutely translate into the NFL as a first-rounder. So where do you have Kingsley Sumatai going? Yeah, I think, honestly, the, the one thing that might hurt him as much as anything is that this is just maybe the best offensive tackle class mm. I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've been doing this a long, long time. And not, it's not just elite talent at the top, which you obviously have. you got Joe Alt from Notre Dame. you got uh, you got Olu Fashnu from Penn State, who are both top five prospects in this draft. But the depth, I mean, there are there, we can have seven or eight offensive tackles in the first round and then have Kingsley not be one of them. And so... The reason he he probably comes off the board sometime on day two is it has a lot to do with everybody else in this group as much as it does for him. Mm -hmm. The thing he has going for him, like you said, there's only so many human beings who are 
as big as that man and who can move like that man uh, on the face of the earth. There really just are. Uh, and so when you have those types of traits and, and his ability to, plop, to play either tackle spot, he can probably play on the left or the right at the next level. But when you are that big, when you have that much length, it even just, I mean, think about it from a physics perspective. It just takes so long to get to the quarterback just by going around that much person. I mean, he's so big and he can reach so far with that wingspan that it's like trying to get around a skyscraper to, to get at the quarterback in the pocket. And so when you have a guy who can check those physical trait boxes like he can, he's a very experienced player, very smart player. Um, I think those those traits at that position will always translate. When you have that size, that length, and you're able to move like he is, uh, I feel like that type of guy doesn't last very long on day two, and the only reason he's there on day two is because there's just so many good ones. Utah has six players invited to the NFL Combine. I think Cole Bishop's probably going to be the considered the highest ranked of that group, but the most interesting, I think, is going to be Sione Vaki, somebody who played on both sides yeah. of the ball and played well and in college, but what do NFL scouts and GMs do with him when, when they're evaluating him because of the fact that he could play both sides of the ball? Yeah, I think he's the type of guy you love to have on your roster because you don't necessarily have to care right away what you're doing with him. You just you know that you can try out a bunch of different things, and he's proven himself to be the kind of athlete and, and willing to do it, right, willing to do whatever the team needs to, to succeed. And so you're looking at a guy, again, when I started evaluating for him for this year, I was like, wait a second, which what is he? I should could have sworn I saw that he was a running back. Now he's a safety. What are we talking about here? Um, and, and that's just the kind of versatility you're talking about. So when, when you look at projecting guys like that to the next level, their value comes in that versatility because those 53 spots are so precious. I mean, you know, NFL teams have to make such hard decisions when it comes to those last few spots, especially when it comes down to game day and they've only got to, they only get to have 46 or 48 with the practice squad elevations. Um, you know, it can be really tricky. And when you have a guy who can do multiple things, can make contributions on special teams and, and can give you something on both sides of the ball, it can, you know, you can be like having two players, three players in one roster spot. And, and so I think that that will be what he has going for him obviously he's a fantastic overall athlete uh, but the fact that he can he can contribute on special teams you could develop him as either or or both a running back and a safety as a depth guy and, and because of his athleticism gives him probably starter upside at both of those spots depending on what you need uh, as you look at this draft class and we talked about some of the locals here one of the guys that we didn't think was necessarily going to get an invite was uh was keaton slovis had a not a, fant a fantastic year at Pitt and then came to BYU and didn't really, you know, uh, show out insanely either there. I mean, kind of basically lost his job at the very end there. But uh, where does a guy like him, like, one, how do these combine invite or the combine invites kind of uh, get to these guys? And on, and on the other hand, like, why would a guy like Keaton Slovis, who didn't have a lot of success in those last couple of years, still translate as a, as a possible pro? I mean, I think you probably follow that trail back to his recruiting. I think, you know, everybody, when you mention that name, I think most people, most football fans, if you watch college football or whatever, you're going to remember the fact that he was a highly touted recruit probably quicker than you're going to be able to rattle off the three or four different programs he's played at over the last five or six years. And I think that has maybe something to do with it, but it also speaks to the physical traits that clearly are there. It's just a matter of, of whether or not he's he's been able to find the right spot or stay healthy or, or unlock uh, that potential. I also think it speaks to the rest of this quarterback class. We talked about how it's kind of top-heavy earlier with the top three guys that could go in the first three picks. 
We talked about the next three or four guys that come off the board. I think, you know, maybe Spencer Rattler from South Carolina, uh, Michael Pratt from Tulane. There's some mid-round guys there, but there's kind of a, a, a drop off the, of, the, of the cliff after that probably third or fourth round when those guys come off the board. You got Sam Hartman from Notre Dame. You got Joe Milton the third from, from Tennessee if you want kind of an upside traits guy. But if you're looking for a quarterback on day three, I think it's kind of a barren wasteland, which, again, no no offense to him. I think that might have something to do with that combine invite. It's just kind of by default, there's not a whole lot of other quarterbacks to kind of fill that group. And because he's a, a guy who's who's a recognizable name, who you know has the physical traits because he had him when he, when he got to the college level, you know, it's given him an opportunity to say, hey, I still have the talent. I've just got to stay healthy and find the right spot. Luke Easterling, you can find his uh, mock draft. Athlon Sports is where he uh, still is obsessed with his uh, mock drafts that he was obsessed with when he was a 12-year-old. He just <laughs> translated it into the real world. And congrats, Luke, because that's what all of us have tried to do at some point in the sports world. So uh, we love having you on and appreciate you uh, taking some time talking about these uh, all these pro prospects. Hey, it's my pleasure, guys. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Right, there you Luke. go. Luke Easterling. <sighs> it's always such an inexact science and – these GMs sometimes make it look like it's really inexact, yeah. <laughs> right? Where they're like, "This guy, am I right?" And then there are the then there are the GMs who who get it right. Sometimes they kind of go, "I didn't think we we're gonna get it that right with that guy." It's it's so subjective and it is so ridiculous that you know these guys' worlds change, and some of them are right on. We knew that Dalton Kincaid was gonna be good, and then the. Buffalo Bills made him even better because they used him like they did. Right. You got to find the right place. Yeah. We always, and and I'm looking at the top of this draft, and, you know, maybe the commanders are different, right? Maybe they're (laughs) different. What? Or what if the Bears keep Caleb Williams? Is Chicago the best organization for Caleb Williams to reach his potential? Is that the best situation with the playmakers they have for him to thrive? Yeah, maybe. Or would he be better off having another team come up and take him that's ready to go? That has a that has a vision for him. Say, for instance, like you look back last year, the Houston Texans take C.J. Stroud, home run pick, perfect situation. They already had good receivers in that building. They just didn't have the quarterback. He goes in there and he kills it. And then you look at Bryce Young, who it was a dumpster fire in, in Carolina. <laughs> Your coach gets fired after nine games. You know that that's one and two, right? Which one was better? Yep. Well, the one that had the most success, but why? Did they have the success? Is sometimes where you have to take a deeper look. All right, let's uh, take a break. Before if CJ, we do. sorry, if CJ Stroud went to Carolina, would have he, he had have had a special season? No. Hey, speaking of CJ Stroud, uh, he's playing in the Ruffles celebrity game, right? Is Bryce Young playing in that? Uh, I don't. I know that CJ Stroud is, and it's funny you brought up both of those guys because my son was at a jazz game last year. Yeah. And C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young were at the Jazz game, and my son and his buddy like walked down and they got pictures with them. And it was, but C.J. Stroud they started to show a bunch of his high school highlights, and he was a baller. I know it's yeah. a shocker, right? right. A guy oh. who's an insane athlete, yeah, uh, was a really really good basketball player when he was in high school. Wow. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Puka's out there too. Puka Nakua is playing in this game. What's going on here? Is it Shannon Sharp versus Stephen A. Smith? What's that going is on? Correct. Here? Oh boy. Don't give Stephen A. Smith any, like, idea that he may have something because he's coaching on the sideline here. Don't let Stephen A. Smith think that he's – look at him. Oh, my goodness, they're showing him, and he's trying to act like a – he's trying to act like a, a head coach in the Big East. 
Rotate, rotate. <laughs> get back over. You're like, and he's wearing a t- and he's wearing a suit, and he's about to get teed up probably. All right, he's gonna go. get fired. <laughs> right after this game, I'm sure they're gonna fire him. Hey, uh, let's uh, take a break. Before we do, let's talk about the warehouse this weekend only. Tom and his team have curated some President's Day weekend sale items that are ridiculous. When I say Tom does this deal, he's got upholstered furniture that's up to 25% off if you mentioned the KSL Sports Zone this weekend. He's also got uh, all sorts of mattress deals that are insane, including these th- these uh, these Kings Down mattresses that are queen and king size that you're going to get at up to 80% off of uh, what you're normally going to find just even down the street at sale prices. Uh, Kings Down, also the Therapeutic mattresses, all of those. Uh, we're not talking thousands of dollars. We're talking hundreds of dollars. All right, so go down, take advantage, and actually let's get it done. Go to the warehouse, 1825 South 300 West. He's got deals for President's Day that he's made just for this weekend. So go check it out. If you're going to be shopping for furniture, might as well go down and, and see what they're doing at the warehouse. Uh, east of Costco, north of the Sam's Club, 1825 South 300 West. All right, here we go. We've got more to go around the corner. Our NFL Blitz is next. Stay right here, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All the latest news and notes from the league and the locals in the NFL. JJ and Alex bring you the NFL Blitz on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. What's this guy dunking in the celebrity game, dude? This guy right here with the long hair. Okay, uh, okay uh, Simone Fontecchio sort of. He has a man bun, though. Takes away a little bit from the so from the coolness of the so a guy a guy dunking with a man bun <laughs> that that's a dock on your uh... well no 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 because it wasn't even just a dunk it was somebody threw it off the backboard for him wow yeah I don't really know who this cat is but it's a celebrity game I are we supposed I'll to recognize can I up. say something can't we aren't we supposed to recognize these celebrities I do I will say CJ Stroud running the point for Team Shannon right here look at Oh, no, yeah, that's that dude. Yeah, he's dunked twice now. Man Bun has dunked twice. Which team is he on? Hey, uh, Stephen A. Will is you it look John up- Marco Timberry, who's an Olympic high jump champion? Yes, that's who it is. It's the guy. John Marco Timberry. It's the guy who won the he won the high jump. The only I'm like, why is this guy familiar? And he gives off Simone Fontecchio vibes there because he's the one who tied in the high jump. And they had the guy from... Cotter and he, who both had the same uh, height that they had both yeah. cleared, and then they not neither of them could clear the next height for all three of their. And the guy comes over and is like, "You can have, uh, we can have another jump off at the at the same height." And then the guy goes, "The guy from uh, Qatar goes, can we just share the gold?" And he's like, "If you want." And then they both were like, "Absolutely." John John Marco Tamberi is yes. Russian. No, the the official was. Oh, the official. Was like, oh okay. yes. If you would yeah, like, I, was, I can give I other you jump. Turned Jamarco Tamberry no. into uh, Tamberry went nuts. But listen, now that you say it, 
He better be dunking. Jeez. <laughs> if he doesn't dunk, I'm yeah, disappointed. If the high jump champion isn't dunking in this game. Oh, there we go. Okay, let me see what the uh, height Puka was. Puka Nakua just threw down a dunk. Oh, he did? Orem High product? Pretty sure that was Puka. Yeah, or, uh, yes, Puka, it, and he's number 17, yes. Yeah. He's on Team Shannon. Who's yeah. a better coach, Stephen A. or Shannon? Uh, just Shannon Sharp without even wondering. Just so I wouldn't have to listen to Coach Stephen A. Both of them annoying, but uh, I'm telling you. Look, Shannon Sharp, I, I'm i a Broncos fan, so. Uh, what did you say? Uh, what did you say that guy's name? Oh, yeah, high jump. Okay. Tim Barry. Tim Barry. Let's see what the – so he's 6'3", and he cleared a uh, – let me see here, two – Gosh, dang it. Meters, get out of here. No one needs you. <laughs> this has been the best NFL blitz we've ever done. <laughs> Seven foot nine, he cleared. Wow. All right. At 6'3, that's impressive. Seven foot nine. Yeah. Guy has hops, there's no doubt. Uh, bonkers. So you got to dunk. All right. So there you go. NFL blitz uh, brought to you by the Italian high jumper. But I I mentioned CJ Stroud and we mentioned Puganaku in this. So technically, it's an NFL. Uh, it's an NFL story. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is facing a two-game suspension. Will you walk me through what happened? Because Jimmy Garoppolo does not strike me as the type that will cheat to win, although we've seen people do it in the past. But he's going to face a two-game suspension for in a uh, substance situation. What are we yeah, talking about? Yeah, weird. So ESPN's Adam Schefter uh, reports that Garoppolo is being suspended for two games due to violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substances mm. policy. Schefter also reports that the Raiders are expected to release Garoppolo before the fifth day of the new league year in March. So apparently Garoppolo used a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption. He's not planning on filing an appeal to that two-game suspension. Was it something they just find in Sunny D normally, or how is it that... Uh... I don't know. That's... Ew, it's weird. Prescribed uh, medication, so... Yeah, therapeutic use like uh i mean i get it these athletes there have been athletes who have and rush i'm looking in your direction <laughs> most of the time and, and this speaking is, of right this is something you find uh, you find out later is like the thing that you get busted for as much as anything else are the drugs that are on the list for ones that can you be used to cover up other drugs mm. so the presence of those drugs that cover up other drugs is as bad and so in this case whether or not it was intended or not, Jimmy Garoppolo is, uh, let me see here. Oh, so if he were to, if he weren't going to be waived, they were going to owe him $11.25 million. Does he find another team then? He's going to have to be, he's going to have to sit I don't the think first so. two games. I think, you think his career is done? done? I do. At what point, who would want him? There's only so many jobs, and if why oh, would you? Oh, I know. Is he, willing, is he willing to take like a million and a half to be a backup? This is what happens to these top-level quarterbacks yeah. once they're no longer wanted as starters is, okay, how much are they willing to continue to play in the league? What are they willing to take when they've made millions? Why why, why do that unless you really just want to hang on? Oh, man, I'd really want to hang Jimmy Garoppolo said he's made millions. I mean, he's, been, he's a big contract. What's his career? Okay, let's do a game. Played in the Super Bowl. Let's do the game. Let's do our, our uh, career earnings game. Career earnings for Jimmy Garoppolo. No, don't look it up. You can't look it up. All right. Well, You're guessing. I'm, okay, I'm the guesser. All right. Dimly, what are you? Is, uh, his... I don't like this game show. No. <laughs> well, you can't cheat on this one. What are you, Jimmy Garoppolo? Jeez, dude. 
Uh, career earnings for Jimmy Garoppolo. Any uh, seventy-five million dollars. Mm, let me have a look here. Okay, career earnings. Now this is <laughs> this website has already subtracted his twenty twenty-four and twenty twenty-five wow. salaries <laughs> because he was due to make twenty-five per. Yeah, and a guaranteed eleven point two. Career earnings in his ten seasons. Totaling one hundred fifty million dollars. I was way off. One forty nine six. I was. Call it ha- I only gave him half. Yeah, one hundred fifty million. So you look, signed one hundred and twenty. He, he why played, would he hang he, around? He got one hundred and twenty two million dollars from the 49ers, Okay, because he got seventy eight million. Dude's got one hundred fifty million dollars, and he dates supermodels. Well, he is a supermodel himself. Right. Yeah. Like just. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, good. you're right. Right off into the sunset. I mean, he's not going to get another opportunity to be a starter in the league. So, does he want to carry a clipboard for another five years just to make another $10 million? Mm. Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, there you go. I love the career earnings game because it's always just, JJ, just, you away. just guess higher. Whatever your number is I that you have in your off. head, guess higher later. I didn't account for inflation. You, Thanks, <laughs> Biden. <laughs> Thanks, Biden economics. You've totally thrown off our guessing game on our sports talk yeah, show. I blame Joe Biden. I know. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We have our best and worst next. A great best, a bad worst. That's how it works. So stay with us right here. 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. <laughs> Wrapping up the hour with our picks for the best and worst moments on today's show. As JJ and Alex want to hear your best and worst of the day. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us on a Friday. Hopefully, you're already well into your weekend, and hopefully your weekend is a long one. I hope you get a Monday off, maybe. If not, uh, you can download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. You can listen to it at your work uh, station while no one else is there on Monday or while you're all working there. Put that earbud in and just uh, forget your cares. If you're in customer service, just... uh, you can just you can just turn the volume up on those Karens and Kens and uh, and move right on. My son called me a Ken the other day. What does that mean? It's the male Karen, isn't it? Did you say that's Cap? <laughs> I go for what? And he's like, just look at the way you're acting right now. I was demanding my money back at a Starbucks, but I mean, like that was beside the point. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Where's your manager? Okay. Do you know anybody named Ken? <laughs> no. And would they give off those kind of Karen vibes? I mean, we know what Karen means, which okay, is unfortunate. I apologize Terry. to everybody. Sorry. It's supposed to be Terry. Terry. Terry and Karen. Mm. That's a power couple. No, no, hold on. Wait, what is it? What is apologize the, to everyone out there named Karen. It's just what is unfair. The, what is the male equivalent? I know. I know I know enough Karens that it's like, ooh. Yeah. Okay, no, it is. It said uh, people have tried different names like Ken and Keith. Um, Reddit is your uh, source on this one, by the way. The answer is now Terry. Okay. So there you go. And the idea is the most popular name, basically, if somebody was born in the 50s and they're now arguing in line at the drive-thru. Right. So the most popular name in the 50s for a woman overall in that decade was Karen. Uh-huh. Terry was the most popular male name in, 1950, in the 1950s. So, that, by the way. Scary Terry. Terry does not. I don't know hardly any Terrys. 
like for it to be the most popular name in the right. 1950s it's weird i'm glad we moved past it though anybody naming their kids terry nowadays no boys i mean no yeah probably not don't think it's popular yeah good talk uh <laughs> let me see here best and worst hey you can nominate your youth sports volunteer in your area that you know and make them the hercules hero of the week let me tell you how to do it if you've heard us we read the hercules hero of the week on thursdays and the way that you get that name read the person that is a, an amazing youth sports person of some kind i don't care if it's a volunteer that uh, folds up the chairs or or sweeps up after the games at the junior jazz whatever or if it's somebody that has just always been dedicated to helping the junior high track track and field team the team mom that drives everybody around you're getting the point here it's anybody across the entire gamut that has ever done youth sports anything go to castlesports.com slash contest castlesports.com slash contest and nominate your hercules hero of the week brought to you by hercules credit union and a $50 gift card could be theirs. And we'll read the nomination on the air on Thursdays. The best, obviously, is Caitlin Clark, break, Caitlin Clark breaking the NCAA women's basketball all-time scoring record last night um, with a 49-point explosion. Wow. She only needed eight, and I don't think I think it was less than two minutes before she got to eight because she scored two regular two-point buckets, uh, went to the line and scored a couple of free throws there. So she was at seven. And then she hit a ridiculously deep three-pointer, a signature Caitlin Clark three-pointer. So there you go. We were talking about this beforehand, and honestly, I haven't seen. And the 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 this was said on on Fox Fox Sports last night, I think, on the Odd Couple that comes on right after our show. Chris Broussard said that she is the most popular collegiate athlete right now. That's correct. Not wrong at all. No, I I can't argue that. So good for her. She means a ton to the game of uh, basketball, not just women's basketball, but it's been awesome to watch. She's really phenomenal to watch. If you if you poo poo any of her uh, accomplishments, Look, all of you, you don't know all of you on. Jim or Fredette fans out there that love watching people make threes from the logo, Caitlin Clark's doing it better than anybody right now. And she's just—I mean, it continues. And by the way, every team that plays her is like, no, we're going to be the ones to shut her down, uh-huh. right? <laughs> So it's not just having a it's not just having a uh, uh, you know a target on your back. It is absolutely just going after somebody and still not able to stop them. And they scored 106 points last night as a team. She scored 49 of those points. So ridiculous scoring, ridiculous. So there you go. There's your best. Also, as an honorable mention for best, Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris, who's on the uh, on the PGA Tour, he's at the Genesis. He did not withdraw with. Uh, he did not withdraw with, uh, as Puka Nakua is giving uh, Pat McAfee a giant hug. Oh, they're putting Puka on the headset. It's a bummer that we're on mute here. It's a real bummer. That's okay. That's fine. Puka getting on the uh, Ruffles All-Star Celebrity game. So that's another best. Will Zalatoris hit a hole-in-one today at the Genesis Invitational. And what's cool about that is he won a car because he did that. You know, multimillionaires, they need to hit a hole-in-one to get a, to get a car. Now, that's not the story. His caddy. Because he hit a hole in the awesome. also gets a, a car. So the golfer and the caddy both get holes or both get a, a car. And then the worst is that the Department of Justice is looking into the thing that we were like the most excited for all week, which is a uh, an ESPN Fox Warner Sports streaming service that could all come together. 
They're investigating it for an antitrust issue. It may never happen. Did you see, do you think that email came from NBC? <laughs> I <laughs> have C- a complaint. Or CBS. Or CBS. <laughs> they didn't invite us to the party. Anonymous, well. anonymous, so, anonymous source says you should look into this at NBC. I mean, excuse me, sorry. A Paramount, it's all, it's all, uh, Jay Jensen at KSL5TV.com. <laughs> I think this is a problem. I but don't, don't use my fair. name. But don't use my name. I don't think it's fair. Of course it is. Come on. All right. We got through the week here, JJ. Could it be Fubo? <laughs> Fubo gets a hold of him. Who else? Oh, no, it is. Fubo, a sports-focused streaming service, called for scrutiny of the new joint venture ah, shortly after it was announced in the February 7th uh, statement. It was. I thought Fubo. it was a joke. You know, I worked at Champ Sports in the 90s. I, I sold a lot of FUBU gear. FUBU? But not FUBO. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have never subscribed to FUBO in all this time. I've gotten away with not getting a FUBO well, just because it sounds so FUBO's ridiculous. not happy about this, apparently. No, 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 no. And now okay. the Department of Justice is on it. Oh, yeah. To ruin the fun. Wow, CJ Stroud's like a... He's looking like a Clay Thompson right now, but not the Clay Thompson from last night, but but the other one. <laughs> the Miss Dunks, I love it. All right, we'll come back. We've got more. By the way, final time I get to tell you about uh, Tom Curl and his team at the warehouse putting together a President's Day sale that you don't want to miss. If you're looking for, if you're in the market at all for anything that is uh, along the lines of uh, of furniture, I don't care if it's the, I don't care if it's the uh, the mattresses, JJ, or if it's the upholstery, or if it's the din- the dining room tables. Anything that you need, 50 to 80% off. You've been able to see now how ridiculous the prices are at the warehouse. So people got to go in, man. And he just, Tom said today, if you mention the The KSL KSL Sports Zone, 25% off everything in the store, except for the deals he already has beyond 25%. Now, look, if you just got your tax return, perfect timing. President's Day sales are crazy. Go to the warehouse. They've got deals. You'll find something there. You need a new bed. You need a new recliner. You need a new... uh, Love seat, anything, they'll take care of you. They've got all kinds of deals, crazy deals. You won't find better furniture deals in town right now than at the warehouse. All right, there you go. 1825 South, 300 West, right there in Salt Lake City, east of Costco, north of the Sam's Club. Get Tom's best deals this weekend. 1825 South, 300 West. We'll come back. We got more to go around the corner. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone.